Welcome, everyone, to the inaugural episode of Realm Walkers, an Age of Sigmar lore podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Carlin. And a little fact about me, when I'm stopped by a police, I have to tell him, Sir, there is no blood in my alcohol. <laughs> and next to me, Greg, feel free to say hi. Uh, my name's Greg. Uh, oh, God, I can't think of anything. I'm not funny. Don't make me say funny ha-has. <laughs> <laughs> that done, I'm going to pass you to our next show host, Bryce. Uh, hi, uh, I'm Bryce. I am the uh, guest group Stormcast player, so you'll get to listen to me get bullied about that for the next uh, we will. few episodes or ongoing. I'd like everybody in the comments to make sure to call Bryce a dirty Storm Marine Sigmarine player. Thank you very much. <laughs> so, welcome. We are a new podcast focused on Age of Sigmar lore and Age of Sigmar, well, actually, just Warhammer hobby in general. We are three hobbyists and lore lovers who just want to explore more of the Mortal Realms with you. So, I'm going to kick this off, actually, with Greg telling us how long he's been playing, mainly because Greg is so full of himself that he'd be upset if I didn't let him go first. That is true. I always need to be first. Um, so, I've been playing for about a year now. Uh, I got into the hobby literally as COVID started, so I've got to play exactly, like, five games on tabletop ever. Um, <laughs> and uh, I'm, I'm more of a 40k player, and so I, I, I have a lot of, like, 40k. Age of Sigmar is definitely, like, a game that I'm really into. So, kind of in the group right now, I'm the least familiar with the lore. So... I'm going to be kind of bringing the perspective of people sort of experiencing the lore along with all of you as we sort of delve into some of the deeper stuff. And yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's me. 34 core 40 K lovers. So, you know, uh, Bryce, would you like to go next or shall I go? Uh, you can. All right. Um, well, I've been playing age of Sigmar for what? Three, four years now. I fell into the hobby. Well, I played a little bit of Warhammer fantasy when I was fairly young, but being young, I had no money. And it was just hard to get the models. Plus, I wasn't very good at painting because, really, I didn't have access to all the army painters. So I tried painting my models with um, watercolor paints, which went amazing, as you can guess. Yo, a contrast painter before contrast painter. I was the OG exist. contrast painter. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Ahead of his time. But, yeah, so I fell into a hobby when I dropped by our local uh, Warhammer GW store. And the employee that was there, literally, it was his first day, too. He got, like welcomed me right away and he was super into age of sigmar because age of sigmar was really young at that point it just started because what we're just five years in now i believe so it was maybe two years old uh but he right away was like here this is how you play it he showed me all the star collectings and i thought about it and then i bought my start first star collecting and from there i fell in love with the game and have been playing ever since uh bryce tell us your story well uh yeah so i've been playing for uh, I guess since 2018, so three years now, maybe a little bit less. Yeah, about a about a month out from three years. Um, I started playing by getting the Soul Wars box. Um, I had a friend who wanted to try out the game and was really interested in Night Haunt. So I was just like, whatever, get the box. Uh, I'll play whatever else is in it so obviously the other half of that was stormcast and to be perfectly honest i wasn't super into the game to start but then uh i just one day needed something to read was at the store to actually get some paints for my stormcast and picked up a book and 
trying to remember which one it was. I think it it was uh, the Neve Black Talon book. Mm, I think it was first. I've heard good things. But yeah, I read that and I was like, holy crap, these Stormcast are really cool. So um, I just started getting into more and more of the books and uh, it really helped me kind of visualize how, how I wanted to do my army and stuff like that. It's awesome. So you had a lore context right away. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, not right, right away, but yeah, definitely a lot earlier than I expected to. Because like, I, I bought the Battle Tome just for the stats. I didn't really care about the stories, and I was like, hmm, maybe I should go back and reread these. I'm just going to correct myself. I just double-checked. Age of Sigmar is about five and a half years old. It will be six years old in June. Oh, jeez. Sorry, okay. where were you guys? <laughs> so young. No, I, I, I was just going to say that, like, I kind of had, like, a similar experience in which, like, I didn't really know much about, like, warhammer lore initially like as i said i started with 40k um i only knew that like there was a game store and i got to paint one of the cool space marines and i saw the all the the tau which is my favorite 40k army and like i i know weeaboo fish people um they can't melee and, they can't space communism forever um and then <laughs> uh it was then later on that like i started like reading the lore and then like I really fell in love with the game and that's why I'm really excited to like be doing this podcast where I'm going to get a chance to uh, start learning the lore of age of Sigmar because I know I- I've read a couple of age of Sigmar books. I-, I think it was specifically the the soul wars book with Nagash. It's I think it's the only book I've had a chance to read so far and what I've been able to read on the Wikipedia. So like coming in on this podcast is going to be really fun to learn um, all the different like characters and events that occur uh, with things like the realm gate war and stuff that we're going to be talking about later. Um, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Nagash, I mean, uh, Nagash the Undying King, with uh, uh yes, that guy, um, cranky old man Nagash. Uh, <laughs> yes, um, that, that'll lead into my favorite lore Perfect. when we get to that part. I'm excited, but yeah. And for me, like with lore and all that, like I kind of got into it, uh, more as I kind of got the ballad to him and saw, oh, there's this huge story to it, and fell in love with the army that I was pl- uh, playing. But I'll get to that in a moment because I need to keep up the theme and make sure that Greg's not upset and ask him what factions. Do you play? Okay, so remember when I said that I that I don't know the Age of Sigmar lore? That might make you think that I don't like haven't played that much Age of Sigmar. So when I now tell you that I play three factions, that's going to contradict my own words. You <laughs> dived in deep when you started. I I did. I I don't do anything half-assed. So my main army is Skaven. I love the Ratty Boys. Uh, I then play. Uh, I have a Nurgle Demon army, but that was. Um, actually like my 40k army which i then learned oh i could just play this in uh age of sigmar as well so i ended up expanding that collection yeah and specifically the demons too i don't actually have any uh nurgle mortals i think i have like a couple of chaos uh like chaos lords that you can run in that faction but i don't really run them and uh then i also have a couple of flesh eater quartz boxes which i just picked up well in here because it segues nicely into it i'll ask uh why do you play those factions uh, okay, so um, if you asked uh, Bryce, he would say I play Skaven because I'm a dirty meta hunter. Um, oh yeah, super and he's try hard, right. super sweaty. Like it's terrible to play a game against this guy. I actively don't take showers before I have to go play at the store. Like I'm like, all right, there's a game coming up. I am going to not bathe this week. <laughs> no, uh, the, <laughs> the, so I was looking yeah. at all the factions, and there was a couple that I really fell in love with with uh, with Age of Sigmar. Um, I think it was. It, I was originally looking at like either like Skaven or um, Legions of Nagash or the Osiarch Bone Reapers, and 
because uh, I'm a huge fan of skeletons. Uh, I love skeletons. I think they're cool and wacky and fun. And then I saw the warp lightning cannon. Yeah, yeah. I can feel the rage coming from Bryce already. And I was like, oh, I I can have fucking lasers. Okay. And uh, it was it was over after that. Like the second I realized I could have giant laser cannons. And there's a lot of like ranged uh, shooting with the Skaven, and I'm just uh, I love it. I love them so much. Uh, Flesh Eater Quartz. I'm a huge fan of the Skeleton Dragon. It was pretty much exclusively for that model that I bought that line. <laughs> Great model. Second reason, and a less so reason, is I, I, mean, I have the term balling on a budget. I like to um, play games, but also try to save as much money as I can. So I play three factions, but almost all of it is secondhand. Um, the Flesh Eater Quartz were something that I bought new um, out of the box. And one of the things that swayed me towards them... Uh, was that the value you get out of a Flesh Eater Quartz box is insane. It is about 700 points of model in that box. It's a great how you start collecting it. box, hands down. Oh, yeah. It is the second most points out of a start collecting box, as far as I can tell, with uh, the Stormcast Eternals being the, the most amount of points you're going to get. And then Nurgle Demons, like I said, that was my 40k army. Um, I think a box of the start collecting Nurgle was the first... Warhammer box that I ever purchased. Mm-hmm. Um, I I really liked just Nurgle's like aesthetic. Um, I like the sort of like zombie aesthetic, but also the fact that they're really happy about the fact that they're all dead or that they've accepted their death, so they're all sort of joyous. Um, so that really attracted me to the Nurgle side of things. So that's why like that was my first uh, start collecting, um, and then I sort of built that out from there. Well, I'll keep in the same order, and so I will go next. Um, so, yeah, so the day that I walked in that Warhammer store, when I took a look at Star Collecting Box, the one that caught my eye was the Sylvanus one, because I'm a filthy tree hugger, apparently. Um, and, yeah, so I thought about it, and I eventually bought it, and you know what? I love my Sylvanus, as much as the meta hasn't necessarily been kind to them with their more recent Battletome, whatever. I'm here to enjoy the wonderful trees and the shindigs that they do. Yeah, so I started with them. Then I got into Nurgle, uh, purely because that's when I started getting into lore and saw that they were the enemies of Sylvanus. And when the Megakin of Nurgle book came or was coming out, I saw the models and I loved them. I thought they were a really nice, uh, grotesque opposite of the Sylvanus. And I really got into the mortals compared to you with the demons. That's I do have three grand unclean ones, but I love the mortal line, all the Blight Kings and such. Just, Way to flex on me with my one. Three. Great, I'm clean ones. Oh. No thricefold befoulement for me. I'm just one guy. I also have the Glockin, <laughs> 10 bazillion Blight Kings. Um, not too much of the Pascal Blightlords. <laughs> I do plan to add to it. I got one of the, the Pascal Blightlords I uh, used, so then I bought one of the kits and was able to make the Lord of Afflictions and an additional Pascal Blightlord. Yeah, and then uh, because the models were beautiful, when the Night Haunt uh, launch the um, Stormcast and everything. Beautiful models, so I picked them up. I'll admit they're not necessarily my favorite models to paint. I realize they're not quite my style of how I like to paint, but they are still beautiful. Um, so why I play them, kind of going to that, Sylvanus, I, well, they're the army I fell in love with. I uh, love them on the lore side. I also, more of their original release and their sec- uh, second edition book, um, but I love kind of the aspect of controlling the battlefield, summoning the trees and kind of going forward from there uh, kind of you know made fun narrative stuff they still do that but it's a little trickier now but just beautiful models i love just the roaming trees on the battlefield having my tree lords going in 
about trying to smash things, more likely getting smashed or whatever. Uh, Nurgle, I play them kind of the same reason I play Sylvanas, so opposite terms. I love their whole rotting aesthetic and kind of how the plays into the battlefield, how like the Blight Kings have their kind of like almost aura damage when things are near them. Love it. Uh, Nighthaunt, I haven't played with as much, uh, but they are still a lot of fun. I have kind of more of an endless uh, tide of tons and tons of chain rafts that I got from eBay. But yeah, like it's just so many things. People just feel so overwhelmed because they see all the chain rafts before the chain rafts go poop. Oh, this is... Wait, we got a Ghostbuster <laughs> army. I'll <laughs> <laughs> do do any more than that, but... Oh, shoot. Now I want to... Now I wanted to, like... When I have my three friggin' uh, lightning cannons, I just have to go. I gotta cross the stream. Cross the stream. Oh no! Blow up uh, later, Linder. <laughs> gotta stay for our fellow man army now. Okay, well then my next conversion project. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, I guess Unless... you're next. Tell us about your Sigmarines. You don't have to be make make it sound like it's a bad <laughs> thing, but uh, factions that I do play for AOS, um, I have almost. I think with the points increase, I have almost 5,000 points of Stormcast models. Um, I probably got, like, last 1k to paint. I have, like, a Celestine Prime, like, 10, what do you call them, um, from Soul Wars. I can't remember them all of a sudden. Um, with the swords and staffs. You, you move on, I'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have a couple concussors and my Lord Celestine left to paint. Um... I still can't understand why I can't remember them. But while well, Greg's pulling up that name for me because I can't remember the names of my own models, even though I love them, um, I also have uh, a decent amount of points into a Slaves of Slaves to Darkness uh, army, and then I also have a Fire Slayers army that I uh, recently picked up. I'm going to use that one more for smaller games, I think. But at the same time, I do really want to expand that one because <laughs> the models are just fantastic. You're, you're going to use the Burning Dwarfs for small games. I get it. Short joke. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was unintended. You take it as you will, but that was unintended. <laughs> Bryce, the, the, I'm not sure which one it is. Is it the Evocators, the Castigators? Yeah, Evocators. Evocators. Okay. That's it. I want, I kept thinking Knight something. I was like, they're not Knights. But yeah, the, the Evocators. They're fantastic models, and like they just they look really cool. Um, yeah. Some that are just the sword, swords and staves, and then I have, uh, I think, ten that are the Grand Staves. Didn't build those ones, but they look cool, and I got them for cheap, and nice. they're pretty good. Um, but yeah, um, why do I play them, uh, the, the armies that I do? Um, the Stormcast, honestly, I didn't intend to play them, but when I was like, hey, these guys, uh, these guys are pretty cool, and uh, I used to play a lot of World of Warcraft, so anybody who has massive shoulder pads is cool in my books. Um, but yeah, once protection. I actually... Pardon? That's just more protection. It just makes oh yeah, sense. absolutely. Like my soldiers need to be covered head to toe with armor. I don't. I don't. I mean, that's kind of counterintuitive, or that's counter to the fire slayers. But you want to know what? Their I just want to say, I totally want to convert a stormcast now, but who is literally all shoulder pads? Because it's all I thought I was going to hear there for a moment. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, you could probably pull it off, and it wouldn't no. look too bad. Um. 
with the slaves to darkness i actually i really got into that army with the start collecting box that came out last year but uh on top of that yeah um just archeon he's such a cool dude i uh i bought one of the warhammer fantasy books uh and i read about that and honestly for the first while i felt bad for the man i won't spoil it right now or anything like that we might cover it later but yeah i just i felt bad for him for a while and like honestly i was like you want to know what i think i want to work on this army more because it gave me more reason to buy an Archeon model, which I haven't yet because there's no way I'm going to build and paint that up anytime yeah, soon. So might as well keep the Full model, but expensive and huge. So I get that. Oh, yeah. All yeah. right. Wait, so, Bryce, really before you move on, this yes. is an important question. Because sure. me and Carlin, we're both repping Nurgle over here. And you got, you've got a Chaos Warrior army, so or Slaves of Darkness army, so... Favorite chaos god. I mean, I think we all know this one. You gotta um, say it aloud. Got we gotta know. We gotta hear it. Confirm it. Uh, blood for the blood god. Mm. And th- there we find it, everybody. Bryce is the <laughs> um, Bryce is by himself with his love of corn. We're over here repping Nurgle as you should. No respect hey, for grandfather. All and very little intelligence. No wonder you couldn't remember the names of the stormcast. Okay, you want the what man? When there's 65 different models to your army. That's fair, especially when all of the models in your army look exactly the same. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) and they're all named almost exactly the same. Blah, 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 something prosecutor, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, getting to the third one, the final one, the Fire Slayers. Um, Honestly, I was just watching a lot of bat reps and stuff like that, and um, Warhammer's given me a lot more respect towards uh dwarves and stuff like that um when it comes to fantasy settings um my likes and stuff like that when it comes to fantasy settings have been all over the place as i've grown up so i really like how their societies and stuff like that work in in the books and in the lore and uh after finding out about like how Urgold works and why they're trying to collect it and like just all this stuff and how they mm-hmm. work culturally and then also after watching them in bat reps i was like yeah i gotta i gotta try these guys they look really fun and uh the paint scheme that i'm going for with them is going to be challenging but if i can actually do it the way i want it to i think it'll just look really i've seen cool. pictures of what you're thinking of and it's looking great kind of a darker skinned almost Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really like the dwarf, the fire slayers too. They're very like aesthetically traditional dwarf, which I really like about them. Hmm, actually, mm-hmm. that reminds me because I don't have too many of them. I kind of forgot. And their faction I have been kind of collecting. I haven't really played with too much is Keldron Overlord, so kind of the opposite of the fire dwarfs. Um, hmm. I just have to point out I love the <laughs> fact that I have the opposite of Sylvan from Nurgle. You also have the opposite of the Stormcast with uh, Slaves of Darkness. Oh yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was actually another reason behind me getting the army was I kind of wanted to run the two like the cannon good guys, good guys, big air quotes there. They're not free of doing bad shit. And then you also have the bad guys who are the Slaves to Darkness. And I was just like, yeah, if I have a friend come over, we can do like a mirrored game. I thought that'd be really cool. Meanwhile, but... I'm over here like exclusively playing evil. <laughs> evil factions, <laughs> with the exception of the one faction that's evil but thinks that they're good. It explains so much, Greg. 
What do you mean? They're all honorable knights. Look, I just... Evil's fun. I don't want to be a goody two-shoes. <laughs> all right. Um, so this will bring us to the next section. And once again, I continue with Mr. Arrogant Greg. It's not mostly. true. Somewhat. Okay, it's true. What drew you into the hobby, man? <laughs> I know you started 40 gay, and that's fine. The hobby is the hobby. So tell us about it. So I... It's kind of a, like... So I'm a huge fan of like miniatures in general. Um, it is a long-running through line that I can, like, go back to, like, my childhood. Um, and if anybody lives in Scarborough, they might have known of a place known as, um, uh, it was the Miniature Village. It, it, it's long since been sold off. But, like, I've always loved miniatures. And, uh, there was a store, you know, in the, um, there was a store in my, uh, local mall that we'd always pass by. And I saw all the really cool, like, robots and stuff like that. And I'm a huge sci-fi guy. And so that sort of drew me in to 40K. It was like the uh, tabletop aspect and the miniatures and the the robots. And then Age of Sigmar sort of drew me in because, you know, I had a lot of friends that were playing Age of Sigmar. And at first I, I wasn't super like into the concept. Uh, and it was once I started learning about the different factions uh, that I had like an ability to ground myself in it. Like specifically, once I started like reading about the Skaven and like how they fi- uh, they mixed into everything, and I found out that the lore is like really, really solid in Age of Sigmar. It's one of the benefits of such a young game, comparatively. Like they do have all the old rules that they've drawn, but you know because they're treated like legends and all that, kind of gives them a lot to play with compared to 40k. Yeah. Like the lore, I from what I understand, 40k is good, but it's so dense because there's just so so much. Oh yeah, no, it's it's it is um it is ridiculously dense. There is so much going on, um and they're, there's so they're making, there's hmm? uh they're making good efforts from what I've seen to retcon a lot of the old old stuff though. So yeah, and um and the other thing for me specifically for Age of Sigmar, um was that there was just some models that I was just like, oh god, like Age of Sigmar is definitely a newer game because hot damn, some of these models are fresh. What do you mean the Eldar are totally an updated line? Don't worry about it. We will get a new Eldar uh, at some point in the future, they promise. Oh, there's a new Drukari box coming out. Oh, yeah, okay, there we go. The Eldar <laughs> aren't updated. New Drukari box on the way, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Tyranids got a model four years ago or something like that. Like, <laughs> Oh, no. Like, the intricacies and of some of the models in Age of Sigmar are really cool. Oh, yeah. The way... This is a very specific term that i'm going to use here the verticality of units in age of sigmar is really cool and what i mean that is a lot of units will have a character with a banner or they'll have spears and in 40k you know i'm looking at my wall over there all of my space marine units are exactly the same height they are flat across the top you know that you saw some ancients yeah i know uh, but like my my Skaven models, there's dudes with banners and there's dudes with spears. So there there there's a variation in height in those units. And in like so like that sort of verticality, it makes them look so cool on the tabletop. And that's something that really really appeals to me uh, from the Age of Sigmar perspective. So I've really just come to like love the game mostly through the model range at this point, but and also mm-hmm. through the lore. Sorry if I got a little rambly there. It's all good. I will I will pass on uh, with that. <laughs> Well, then I'll continue on keeping the proper order of things, which me going after Greg, proper order. Yes. After me. <laughs> Everybody goes after me. I'm first. You know, if you're playing Skaven, you'd want to be behind me because just means I could stab you in the back. Mm, I don't know. I'd like to be in front of you across the table shooting lightning at you. <laughs> so, yeah, what drew me to hobby? Like, I've already kind of told you my sto- our story of walking into the Warhammer store. 
but I have always been into miniatures myself as well. Um, my wife and I have a huge board game collection, and I've always enjoyed those minis. Some of my favorite games, uh, actually one of them is, pro- is called uh, Rum and Bones. I love the miniatures in that. Uh, and I w- tried to get into War Machine slash Hordes uh, for a little bit. problem is the community for that I just kind of pushed me away from it, just I didn't quite like it. Some of the models were cool, but they didn't draw me as much as some of the Warhammer models. But I didn't really know about the Warhammer community's area. So when I checked to the Warhammer store and saw, that, wait, there is a thriving community. I was all for it. And, you know, being a little older and everything, could afford it and was able to get non-watercolor paints. <laughs> Switching yeah. to classics, no more contrast for you. Absolutely. But um, I love uh, painting. Like, I enjoy painting quite a bit. Um, really, when the Megacon Nurgle uh, came out, I they launched a competition at the same time for uh, painting. Um, I forget exactly what it was in regards to it, but... I started doing that right away, and I won, a, I think, two rounds of the painting competition. So I run, won the first round, which was the Star Collecting, which I put a lot of work and a lot of love into those models, yeah. which is the Nurgle Star Collecting. And yeah. then the, oh, it was with Malai Importance as well. The, uh, then I did the Har- Harbinger, or what's her face from, who's now part of the Slaves of Darkness? Crap, I, I've caught your whole forgetfulness. I'm forgetting her name. <laughs> I'll look it up. Yeah. Anyways, the uh, girl who comes with that, I paint her up in kind of a neural scheme because she, Slaves of Darkness at the time, did not exist. No, uh, Dark Oath War Queen, I think. Thank you, Dark Oath War Queen. Yeah. So I did her up. I kind of lightly converted her by adding a hanging head on the end of her axe. Hmm. Once again, that got me the winner of that. And I didn't win the last round. What I added in? I think I added in Blight Kings. And yeah, but it was a lot of fun. Um, and I just, I fell in love with the hobby aspect of it, building, painting, and all that. I've done a couple um, other painting competitions since. I've always done pretty well. Did a tournament year or two ago, and um, I had to race for all my Sylvanas, but... The nice thing about it, I learned a whole bunch of paint tricks, how to paint quick, and learn how to hide things that you don't want necessarily. Like, if you're trying to skip things to, in details, like, to paint quicker, but you don't want it to be too obvious, I've learned tricks how to do that. And yeah, and I've always been told my Sylvanath army looks great, and it's like, yeah, there's some things that aren't painted, but you'll never know about because I've learned how to hide it. <laughs> I mean, the fact that you've gone through and added leaves to almost your entire army is fantastic. A lot of fall flock. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, you're, you're, like, genuinely, that army looks so friggin' nice. Thank you. I like the autumn theme that you went with. Like, it's super pretty. Thank you. I am super happy with it. And, yeah, I won a prize with my uh, painting of the Arch Revenant as well. I think I got second in that. But, yeah, it was really nice. And that's when I really got into uh, wet blending a bit more. And, yeah, so I, did, I just love the hobby. It's so much fun to paint. And it's something I'm trying to, you know, make sure I do a little bit of every day. Even though I put down just a couple of paint strokes, you know, it's still something done. Yeah, you do. Anyways, Bryce, you tell us. What drew you to the hobby? Well, like I said earlier, when I actually first got into the hobby, I wasn't, like, super excited. But I, uh, I was... I split the Soul Bores box with uh, with a friend, and then, like I said, I read and got more into it. Um, but it's actually kind of funny because the first time I ever interacted with uh, Warhammer or the hobby was I was in like a youth group or something like that when I was ten or eleven. I'd go like this church and we'd do stuff and I get badges and stuff like that. 
it's kind of like the Boy Scouts, but not. But we had a game night, and the one time um, a bunch of the, the older kids there brought Warhammer there, and I walked into the room, I was like, oh, this looks really cool and stuff like that. And then one of the guys pulled out a tape measure to start playing the game. I was like, oh, this is really stupid. You have to use tools to play I just walked out. And then, you know, lo and behold, 10, 15 years ago. And then mistakenly later on in life, you're like, maybe this is cool. Your first intuitions were right. You shouldn't have walked back in that room, Bryce. <laughs> yeah, it was like 10, 15 years later, they finally got me. Games <laughs> Workshop's got a lot of my money. I mean, I shouldn't say that. Uh, a lot of my stuff's been secondhand, but, you know, it all goes to Games Workshop eventually. But that being said, uh, what actually like, got me to start getting more into the hobby again was just reading the books and stuff like that and seeing that this was more than just a board game, that this was, you know, an ever-expanding, ever-changing universe that, you know, the decisions of characters actually mean something in the story. It's not just rolling dice and being like, hey, I won. I can have a little bit more. Like when I play my Vandas Hammerhand model, I know some of the stuff that he's done. I know who his character is now. So it means just a little bit more. So stuff like that definitely got me to keep painting my models and wanting to buy more models and stuff like that. Make me want to, you know, make a little bit of my own lore around it, especially with my, uh, my Slaves of Darkness. I'm kind of going to do my own thing with that. That's how the plastic crack addiction starts. Oh, yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. And you want the one I just got now, the paper crack addiction with Magic the Gathering. So <laughs> at least I use some of the, my cards and stuff like that. Like, I, I've barely paid anything for my Slaves of Darkness because of Magic the Gathering. So thank you for that, Wizards of the Coast. <laughs> well, and I would say uh, on the price aspect of hobby, I think Warhammer in the grand scheme of things is way cheaper than Magic because when I play Magic the Gathering, I won't say how many thousands i've spent in that um <laughs> yeah i'm very happy i got out of that and frankly i don't think i've spent nearly as much even though you know it's yeah. more expensive up front i would say but when you're trying to make the perfect decks and then especially if some cards become harder to find and more rare and therefore more expensive it just adds up so quickly it's actually um it's spiked um in price in this last year and as well. Uh, my younger sibling plays Magic, um, uh, Modern, and uh, like uh, all that. Oh well, they play Modern. That's why. <laughs> Something that like I I hold very true uh, to this hobby and to like all hobbies is like if it's the if it's what you love to do, then you know money doesn't need to be as big an issue um, you can mm -hmm. take your time like the, the concern about money is you go well it cost me this many thousand dollars to you know build an army but that's only if you're going to go out and buy a full army at one time and that's from games workshop you know i've got probably like five thousand dollars worth of plastic sitting on the shelf and a lot of that was bought secondhand over the course of a year or two and hmm. you know that 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 price goes down and you know it it helped with you know get through the tough times and in that respect you know money isn't something you need to worry so much about price is a thing that you can you can navigate with time and um you know with effort like for me when i started i'll admit i probably was a little more fortunate when i started compared to now uh like i was working a really good salary job i've since become a student and therefore I'm a little more on the way broke side of things. Um, but that said, um, I personally haven't necessarily bought too much in the way of secondhand models. I have gone a lot through my um, uh, local friendly game store uh, and bought from them. And most lo local friendly game stores will offer you, you know, 
10 to 20% off. That's how I get my models. So it's still mm. slightly cheaper in GW. So I will buy the Warhammer Store because I, well, before everything happened in the world, I used to play there a lot. That's say, no, I'll buy something there because I want to make sure it stays open because they have my favorite tables. In the end, mm. though, I make sure I support my most local uh, store that I may not play at, but they offer some great prices and they're great guys too. I just, oh, I yeah. want to support them as a business because I want to keep them around because they have all the board games I love and I want to just keep them going. Sadly, there's no local game stores out my way, really. There's a couple that I've maybe seen, but they're not open because of everything. So I haven't had a chance to go try them out. That yeah. is fair. But yeah, kind of going now into a little bit more of the lore side. I'm starting off with you, Greg, because you mentioned you had something you really liked. Oh, well, I guess it's it's like, um, uh, how do I... Fir- so the first book I read was Soul Wars. And, you know, I like skeletons and the gash in that book is my favorite thing ever he is so petulant and so like whiny <laughs> like the fact <laughs> that, that book? the whole book is him trying to save face like the skaven show up ruin his plan and he's just standing there like my plan still succeeded and it's like no it didn't it, <laughs> it couldn't have, you didn't kill anybody and so- i mean let's not underestimate the effects of the necroquake the ne- <laughs> first of all the necroquake is my favorite the name of anything ever um sorry i just it just it like i just it made me laugh like just to see how much he was willing to like toot his own horn and i know that's maybe not the reason why people like nagash but it's why i like nagash because he's this like i'm the best ever despite failing it's that dumb tuxedo mask meme like, my work here is done, but you didn't do anything. Yeah. Oh, Nagash. Like I said, so at present, that's sort of my favorite lore uh, tidbit. Um, there's another very specific one involving a greater unclean one. And I, I don't know most of the context surrounding this. I've only heard the story, and it's my favorite of it. There was some sort of like a Sylvaneth, like enchanted river or something like that. And they couldn't cross it because it was, like, always healing and purified. So they just put a greater up clean one up the river to sit at the water. And it just... Oh, yeah, yeah. It just sat in the water, going to the washroom every day, and corrupted the river by doing that. And that... Oh, that's so silly and, like, such a funny thing. And I just fell in love with that, like, little story. So that's... Those are my two favorite Lord tidbits. But like I said, as I develop my um, my knowledge of the stories as we go through this um, podcast, I'm definitely going to be able to pick up more stuff that I'll probably like quite a bit more. There's so much great stuff. For me... Well, you're going to love this, Greg, because one of my favorite lore bits actually comes from the Skaven. Actually comes from what I consider two funniest factions, which include Skaven and Gloomspite Gits. <laughs> which one's funnier? I would argue Gloomspite Gits, but they're both hilarious in their own way. Yeah. Uh, uh, no, I won't say, I can't remember exactly how beat for beat it goes, but essentially at one point the Skaven captured Squigs because they were trying to figure out how to utilize their replicating genes and such. Um, mm-hmm. But... Then they found that the squigs start essentially splitting like amoebas and start filling up their uh, cavern that they had, and they just kept them filling up and filling up. Gavin's great idea to work with this, like, oh, we'll make this a weapon testing zone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. And, yeah, so, since they had an unlimited supply of squigs, you know, they can test every weapon they had and just try to do the best to eliminate all the squigs, even though the squigs were just... Keep on coming. Keep on splitting like amoebas. Yep. Oh, it's brilliant. I love it so much. Um, another thing with Skaven is just their uh, novels and such. Whenever they dig through universes, it's just all the kind of funniest things like that. You know, Caldron Lords are flying through the clouds. All of a sudden, there's a hole in their ship, and then Skaven start come pouring out through the deck. And it's like, what? How? 
this, this <laughs> ship's in the air. It's not connected to Earth. How did you do that? Because Skaven. Also, at one point, you know, they're digging through and they think they're getting to a new realm. All of a sudden, they hatch their hole and it's start getting flooded because they hit the bottom of an ocean and drain the ocean. <laughs> Warpstone, it's a hell of a drug, my friends. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, it's true. They, uh, they go through so, so much. Kind of adds to the Nagash thing. I love how Nagash's sense of humor and such, whether or not he realizes it's humor to him, like with the Night Haunt. It's just that dark reality of people who have been prisoners all their lives. They die and they think they're going to get the sweet release of death and go on. The guy's like, nope, you're sold to mine. Oh, guess what? You're back in chains. And that's how we have the chain rats who will always be in chains forever and ever. Hmm. People who die drowning or in uh, Iron Maidens or whatever, you know, they become the Blade Guys Revenants and constantly in pain and swinging around all their lives. Paragons where they were healers in life and essentially people who Nagash hated most because they stopped him from <laughs> dying and yeah. then when they died Nagash basically turned her hands into blades and made them uh, go about killing constantly but keeping their actual personality still in place so they will live the rest of all their undying lives knowing that they're killing people even though they want to but they have no choice because it's a dick yeah I mean like I understand that like in a lore perspective he's definitely supposed to be a lot scarier but just because the first book I read was Soul Wars, and in that book he spends, like, half of it talking about – not maybe half of it, but, like, the very opening couple of chapters is him talking about, like, how well he succeeded and how good his plan had worked immediately after it could not have failed harder. But I can't see him any other way at this point. Really, just to add one more thing to combine both the Skaven and Nagash – the moment uh, right before the Necroquake when Nagash with the unleashes grand schemes with all the malign important stuff and everything goes wrong because some Skaven got into his Black Pyramid. Yeah, the, the, he had stuff they wanted and now... Don't build all the warp stone. Don't worry about his it. own fault. <laughs> and somehow Skaven saved the universe. Yeah, they do. We're the real heroes. <laughs> uh, okay, before I carry on too much, Bryce, you tell us your favorite lore tidbits. Actually, one of my favorite like lore tidbits is another thing of the Soul Wars. Um, but I won't explain exactly. But I just, I really like the fact that, um, I guess it isn't limited to Soul Wars. Um, there's kind of a reference to it for um, Gorka Morka doing this in a different book. But... I just love the fact that, you know, Sigmar and Nagash, the other gods I'm sure have done this before, can just choose one guy and be like, okay, we're going rock'em, sock'em robots with you two. I find that hilarious that that's something that actually happens in the stories, but it's just, I don't know, it's it's funny. The other thing for me that um, I've always kind of really been interested in, and it's an entire actual, there's an entire actual book series uh, based around it, um, but the Weapons of Lamentation, I believe they're called. Um, but there's uh, a bunch of weapons made by a bunch of corn weaponsmiths. There's a storyline that follows, from what I've seen, a singular cogsmith or weaponsmith or something like that. Um, he's a human and basically gets tasked with going and finding a bunch of these super like world-ending weapons that were made by smiths of corn. So I've always thought that that was kind of an interesting uh, part of the story that I appreciate that they continue making books for. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to take a quick little moment before we get into the next section. That was a bit about us. 
yeah, we are hobbyists and we are lore lovers, and I cannot wait to keep on going further. From here on out, we're going to be, you know, going into lore, telling you about it, learning about it, and just having fun exploring the awesome universe of Age of Sigmar, because there's so many great moments in it, and it's fantastic. From here on out, we're going to be kind of going into more of the format you can expect in later on models, or <laughs> models, <laughs> well, you know, maybe models too. We'll, we'll see what happens. Anyway, so later on episodes uh, where we will kind of go into the hobby, new models we've seen, and go into the lore of everything we want to learn. Yeah, we're excited to do this because in the end, we're doing this because we want to learn more about the lore and just encourage us to do that. And in the end, it's a conversation. We want to be able to share with you. We want to be able to share hobby stuff. We want to be able to share, you know, what's the newest... Uh, thing you painted up what's this new trick you've learned what's this new uh, book that you've read or whatever else so many sweet stuff with this hobby and i just i love it i, I cannot wait to continue exploring it and mm-hmm. i'm glad that greg and bryce have joined me with this journey yes i'm glad that we're coming along with you as well there's a lot that i want to uh a lot of books that i gotta read <laughs> which means oh i have to read <laughs> audiobooks are a thing I'm the one who has friggin' homework like every week. Like these two are like, <laughs> hey, like there's like a there's literally like a page on our private Discord where we talk about stuff uh, and plan for the podcast. Uh, that is the Greg's homework page in which they tell me what pages <laughs> and what books I need to read for the next podcast. So I have to do that every week. I am also a student myself, and in my last year of accounting, I do a lot of homework myself. It's all about balance, my friend. Yeah, I know, I know. Oi, hi. Well, continuing on with the best. <clears throat> Greg, what have you been hobbying with lately? What have you been working on? What have you been painting? Tell us about it. Okay, so uh, I will start this off, um, and these these models might come up a couple weeks. Um, I'm I'm kind of limited right now by the paints that I have at my disposal, and like I said, I'm not near a local game store, so it's very difficult for me to get more paint at this moment, so I have a bunch of half-finished projects I'm working on that I have to wait until I can get to a store to continue, so I have um, made the decision, good or bad, we'll see later, to strip and repaint my entire Tau army because I painted them as sort of my first army and they weren't painted very well. Mm. And so I have three crisis suits that I am doing test paints on that are going pretty well. Uh, I just need to get a few more things. Uh, I have a a few Gloom Spite gets that I picked up. I, somebody was selling the like Underworlds box for Gloom Spite gets for ten bucks. Those are yeah. I said so. That's a that's a Warcry band right there. So absolutely, I've got those that I'm slowly painting up. And other than that, I've got a couple of other little things going. Uh, some models that I'm trying to strip and re- and uh, fix. My fiance wanted to try painting and wanted to paint uh, the Avatar of Yanid, I think was the name from 40k. <laughs> and she and she was like kind of wanted it new in box, and I'm like, I bet I could find it secondhand. She was willing to let me try to find one secondhand, and I uh, I sure found a model. And um, it's a bit of a jigsaw, and I don't think I think it's the first time I've looked at a model and I go, I don't think I can salvage this. Uh, I paid fifteen dollars <laughs> for it, so you can kind of tell the condition it was in when I got it there. So, uh, not great, but we'll see. Uh, hopefully I can get that fixed up. Three, man. Yeah, and so that's been my last week of hobbying. Oh, and I, I finished up my Flesh Eater Quartz Army. That was the big thing. I still have to top coat them, uh, and it was my first time using, like, flocking on a base rather than just uh, paint and the texture paints that Games Workshop uh, has. 
But I've just finished up. I've got two start collecting boxes finished, the endless spells, and I did a couple of conversions. I have a temporary proxy archregent, which is a chaos lord with a, not a chaos lord, a um, ghoul king with uh, some wings attached from the crypt flare extra bits. So that was uh, that was pretty good. I've got a. I don't know where I got it from, but I had like an old vampire ghoul that works perfect for uh, one of the ghoul courtiers. So. That was pretty fun, and at some point I got to top coat them, but uh, I got that finished up, which I'm very happy about. Well, congrats on finishing up an army. Always a great feeling. <laughs> My recommendation is, if you can, sit. I don't know where you are in your stripping process, but keep one of the Tau. It's always nice to have you know, your first model and kind of look back and be like, yeah, look how far I've come. Keep one of the drones, because apparently I can't use them anymore. They're 20 points apiece, so I mean, <laughs> let's I'm not sure get into that. Let's not get I'm into sure that. We're not here for 40k it. rules and my <laughs> salt. Nope. Not at all. No salt. De de denied. Alright. Nope. <laughs> That's it. I have been working, we'll think about 40k, I have been actually working on Gaz, uh, taking my sweet time with him because he's just such a great model and I want to you know, try out some new pe paint techniques and I want him to look amazing. I am choosing the hard task of going very much an orange theme with my uh, orc army, which... Anyone who's painted a whole bunch of orange uh, probably is now feeling the pain of what I'm going through. So I found a really awesome mix where I'm using the um, Baleo brand uh, heavy orange paint. Uh, the pigments on it are really nice. That's a bit of a coral color, but it makes such a great base paint. And then from there, I use Troll Slayer. Such a great combination because the, the, the heavy orange helps carry the Troll Slayer through. It makes it so that way it has a great base to work on. And then I don't have to put 2 million coats of Troll Slayer down. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm working on ogres for a friend, uh, doing a two star collectings uh, and a couple other things. Just painting up this uh, model range for a friend. Uh, he has a hard time painting because he has a, a condition which causes him to have really shaky hands. And I really just I hate seeing all the great models on the battlefield for him. And I want him to have a fully painted army. So that's where I'm painting up Beast Called Raiders and such. And he's been loving the scheme I've gone with. Kind of more red fur on the uh, beasts themselves. Regular, more pinky skin for the ogres. And he's been loving it. Nice. Uh, yeah, so um, I guess we've all kind of been working on like 40k stuff recently. Um, I have a Space Marine army that I've been working on, but I've kind of put that on the 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 back burner for the last while. Uh, I you made, really are a Sigmarine player. You want to know what I made? I would have been painting through them a lot faster, but I made the mistake of deciding I'm going to paint a majority white army, like white armored army. That's probably the one thing that's more painful than all the orange I've gone through. Oh yeah, and you want to know what? Like I'm I'm trying out things to speed up the painting process, but I don't. I, it's too much of a perfectionist, and I know that I didn't paint my entire army in Torax white. You might not know, but I know, and that bothers me. But um, my major my major project that I've been hobbing away at uh, recently has actually been an Imperial Knight. Um, I got it from Greg, I think, last July. Yeah, we had a buddy that... Uh that had a couple i guess he had like the renegade box set and he sold them mm -hmm. to me for like a hundred bucks and so like not a hundred bucks each a hundred bucks for the two so yeah uh we both took one of them oh yeah so uh it was really fun getting to like build it up from through instead of having to paint like a pre-built one or something like that but yeah i'm getting close it's been how many months now it was july so it's been six seven months now since uh, i started working on it so 
I'm at the final steps. Um, I got the carapace done. I got the shoulder plates done. I just need to finish up uh, a couple of the weapon attachments uh, or the weapons. I spent a little bit of time. I messed up. I jumped the gun and didn't magnetize one of the arms. So I'm going to only be able... I'm Every loadout for this Imperial Knight's going to have one Avenger Gatling cannon and then a <laughs> magnetized arm of something else. So I only really plan on running it as a uh, Knight Crusader. So it's not that big of a deal that runs the Avenger Gatling cannon. AOS stuff for hobbying recently. I haven't been doing too much just because I've been trying to like test out how certain paints work and stuff like that. Because I want to, I really want to get these fire slayers that I got recently right. I guess I didn't mention it earlier. There's a, there's some artwork out. I'm pretty sure it's, yeah, it's definitely official artwork of uh, Grimnir fighting a giant. Uh, they call it a salamander. It looks like a giant tortoise. Oh, from like the coral rule book, which shows like Grimnir kind of jumping over and. Oh yeah, great yeah, yeah. yeah, great artwork. He's about to fight, or it's it's from the fight against uh, Volcatrix, I believe it's called. But it just it's so cool. The man's like literally a giant, like he's just a giant magma dwarf with like the fury to, I guess, explode god beasts. Sorry if that's a spoiler. Um, but you know that that is from the core rules. Some of us haven't read the lore from the core rule book, so what's the point of even reading it now? It's okay. Um, but yeah, I just I saw that picture and I was like, that's so cool. And uh, learning that Gotrex in AOS and the fact that he's the avatar of Grimnir, I was like, you want to know what? I can't not do that. I can't not paint Gotrek up as Grimnir from this picture. So. Uh, like I said, my AOS stuff's been on a bit of a back burner while I brush up on those techniques that I need to make. Uh, the Fire Slayers just look really good. Nice. Mm-hmm. Well, think about awesome models. This brings us to our next section, Model Watch, where we talk about all things hobby and new things that are coming out and getting released in the near future. So, Greg, take it away. What models did you want to talk about? Because I think you had some cool ones. Yeah, so we got a list here of some models and things we want to talk about. So first up, we got a look at some new Oruk Ma... Um, the, the new Underworld... Underworld... Uh, Oruk. That's the word. Yeah, there, there's the new Orc... Uh, so it's head Kraka Mad Mob? I don't actually know how to pronounce that first word. It that looks is like Headcracker's Mad Mob. You know what? It's definitely Headcracker. Yeah, it's Headcracker's <laughs> Mad Mob. I like this guy. I friggin' the the claws on him, the little skull on his back. He is gnarly. I think he's just so cool looking. I really like the fur. I kind of I I like orcs. I like the fact that he's not super covered in armor. Like that's kind of a thing that I, I'm not a huge fan of the iron jaws. They're so heavily armored that you don't get to really see the physicality of the orcs. That they're these big beast men. They just kind of look like giant dudes in armor. And that kind of I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of that. So the fact that this guy's got like nothing on, his only weapons are literally strapped to him <laughs> with like leather bands. This man's this man knows what he's about. Now the fact that the only problem I have is his name is Headcracker, except he's got knives. Well, if you look, it, he's got an X on his forehead. Maybe he had his own head crack. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, I bet you that is what it is. Yeah, he is sweet looking. And you no, know, props to model designers and to the guys who painted this. Like their highlights and everything. 
always fantastic, but it seems like it's just, I don't know, something about this picture that they have just seems extra good. It's so well it, done. It's the pose. I, they, they do such a good job with posing the models for their, I mean, they do a good job with the base game, but when it comes to like their mini games like Underworld, Warcry, and other games like that, they, I feel like they just, they take a little bit extra time to give them really cool poses. I think and, it's because... Like, this one, it's just i really like it oh sorry i think it's because you've got like you've got maybe 10 models at most in your warband and so like if all of your 10 models look exactly the same it doesn't look that good like you put out you put out a unit of like you know clan rats from skaven there are 20 models in a unit there if they all had this level of detail it would one be hell to paint because you would just never <laughs> finish it. You wouldn't notice it. Like that's why you can get mm-hmm. away with having like half ass paint jobs on your troop choices because nobody's gonna tell because there's fifty guys there. You're not seeing them as a whole. So like this guy's gonna probably be on his own a lot of the time. So he needs to look good. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. The quality is is just so nice. Mm-hmm. Well, think about quality and awesome things. Uh, to us into your second model you want the, us to look at. So so the second model I wanted to look at is. Uh, Gorslav the Gravekeeper. He is coming from the uh, the for the Warhammer Quest Cursed City Skeletal Ulfin Watch. I don't actually know how to pronounce that one. I think it's Ulfin Watch, but I might be wrong in adding accent to it where it doesn't need it. Cursed City. I'm not gonna mm-hmm. lie. There has not been it, it, there has not been a model released recently that I went. This has like a contender for one of my favorite models in Warhammer ever. And Gorslav absolutely is a contender. <laughs> he is at the very, like, the problem is I I love some of the bigger models and I love robots too much to, to like, put, like, like the big robots, I it's not a fair comparison, but, like, for a <laughs> single dude, Gorslav, Gorslav's model is my favorite. It's the epic pose. It's the one eye patch, despite the fact that he is a skeleton and doesn't need an eye patch. It's the like the way he's painted with the black armor. Like this is my like absolutely like my favorite just dude on the ground model uh, mm-hmm. in the entire game right now. He looks great. I love the sense of motion they have with little strings of hair and a cloak kind of blowing in the wind. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, this yeah. guy's just. Mm, I'm definitely buying this guy. I really hope it's indicative of them kind of redoing the skeleton range in the future, especially if uh, hinted at a uh, soul-like grave lords is actually a thing. Because then, you know, being grave lords, it'd be the ones ruling over the skeletons and zombies. I really would love them to redo skeletons with this detail. Because the skeletons, I use them for basing purposes and such. I don't think, this, in my humble opinion, I don't feel that they look all that great as is. But the one that's the crew from Underworlds, um, who's doing Frank, whatever. And this guy looks spectacular. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just pulled up the old skeleton warrior models. And the little rinky dink. I personally like the one that is carrying a horn. Um, that I don't know how he would play. They have magic lungs, okay? If Nadash wishes a horn blown, a horn will be blown. Yeah, but why could he just give him drums? <laughs> <laughs> I love them, but no, I, lo- no. I love them. They all have a special place in my heart because I love skeletons. <laughs> just, like I love skeletons so much. Uh, mm-hmm. I just I didn't want to paint that many skeletons. That's the only reason I'm not playing it. Well, speaking <laughs> of bone and boning, uh, we're gonna get to my picks, which happen to be Slaneshi. Well, that, that was a sideways. way. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I saw it, it was a bit of a reach, but I had to do it. Yeah, no, it's good, it's good. Well, they've shown off some new Slash models. I'm going to pick up the two heroes, because I think they look amazing. So we're going to start with Glucose Orskalon, Orskilion, or 
whatever, or Skillon, I'm going to go with that. Anyways, he is when they're one of their kind of rounded based um, display piece models. It is beautiful. Oh my gosh, so many things going on between his servant holding up the bull, one guy looking like he's whipping the two kind of mutants, bringing the carriage forward. Other guy almost looks like a priest of some kind, and of course the main guy himself sitting on the chair and the little kind of snake thing above it. It's just so much crazy detail here. I it blows my mind, and I'm only as a hobbyist, I'm just imagining painting this like probably you know good a couple some sub assemblies here to make sure I get all that detail because there's just so much there. Yeah, I I really think that they're they're aiming to give each army like a really heavily detailed model because like. This one really kind of reminds me of the Catacross one, how it has the retinue. So it'd actually be really cool to kind of see them, you know, from here on forward, kind of doing more models like this, where it's, um, you know, I I like the retinue kind of style that they're doing with models and stuff like that, where it's like, sure, on the table you can't see it, but... And, you know, if you're using your imagination, your guys are fighting through these retinue before they, like, get to the final bad guy there. So I really like how the models don't have to do anything, but can still help you tell a story uh, as well. I'm going to be, I I think I'm going to be a bit of a contrarian opinion here, and that's totally fine. I don't know, like, I feel personally, like, conflicted about this model. I, I really like it, but I think there's just too much going on. Like, I have trouble, there's so much happening in this model that I have mm-hmm. trouble figuring out what is going on. And that's just, that's just for me. It's just a little busy, and I don't think there's any breathing room for it. It's not that I don't like it. I think it looks really cool. I just... Would you say it's excessive? Yes, it's you know what? Shut up. <laughs> and I've decided I am leaving the podcast. Thank you. <laughs> and now it's a duo podcast between me and Bryce. Oh, no. Where I shit on Stormcast all day long. This isn't going to be fun. <laughs> uh, oh, and there's four guys on there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. There's five guys. There's four guys and then the dude at the top. I just noticed. Yeah, yeah. There's the three guys and then there's a dude turned around with a goblet. And I just, I was like, what the, f- is that a hand? And there's another guy that I couldn't even notice. Like, <laughs> so many people. I kind of understand you from that, but I, as a, a hobbyist side of things, I just, I love the look of it. Like, these are models that I feel really kind of are more for the hobby side of things and the rules. Like, oh, yeah. I'm sure there's some great rules attached to this guy, but they are definitely the hobbyist model. They are not necessarily models for the people who just want to play, because, you know, especially if you want to do tournament play and such, and you have to get this all painted, sure, you could slap three colors on, but that would look dreadful. This is a model you take your sweet time with. You know what I will say? I think... And this is just for me thinking, like, looking at it right now. I think the reason that I, I'm not a huge fan of it is because I am looking at a 2D image of it. Absolutely. I was going to say that earlier. Yeah, because I, 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 I'm having trouble finding out what's happening. because I'm only looking at a still image of it, which is as detailed mm-hmm. as they've given to us. I think in three dimensions, this is going to pop a lot more. And I think I'm going to oh, like yeah, it a lot more because it'll be more of a diorama and less of just, like, a kind of a, a busy thing. So I, I think once I get to see it on the tabletop, I'm sure I'm going to come around on it. Oh, yeah. Fair enough. Absolutely. Uh, and that brings me to the next model, also Slanesh, and the most beautiful, the most magnificent Sigvald, returning <laughs> from the old world. Oh, my gosh. Have you ever just looked in a model and went, that ba- that guy is going to be converted so much? Oh, 100%. This guy is going to be converted into absolutely everything. Like, oh, yeah. 
the buckler, the the rapier, the pose. There's enough room to just put whatever you want on there. Like we're gonna see this dude as like every kind of like space marine, probably like to- like even some stormcast conversions. Like I can see this guy being converted into literally everything. He's so good. I would just like to see somebody uh kit bash him so that he displays the ultimate ultimate you know expression of dominance and just have this dude t-posing i want him to just t-pose somebody do it <laughs> one out there who uh converts him and t-poses him please uh send us pictures yes please if you do it's it's something that i want to see done with this model but yeah, like from the moment they showed it off originally in their teaser trailer, I loved the look and design. Once again, that sense of motion with the flowing hair and cape, it's just, ah. Oh. Um, and they did such a great job of it, especially when you look at the original Sigvald model and compare. They kept yeah. all the really good points of it, but then, you know, brought it to the next level. You know, they cranked it to 11. This just looks amazing. Oh, yeah. I cannot wait to get my hands on it and paint it. Yeah, are that- you going to start playing Slanesh because of it? Or is this just your, your hobby hobby model? Well, I don't know if I'm turned on to the idea of playing Slanesh, but I'm definitely turned on by this model. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's what it's aiming for, at least. You know, if, if this model turns on at least one person, Games Workshop is happy. Exactly. But I'm going to be honest with you. Like, the releases... So, I didn't really like Slanesh in, um, you know, for the most part, from everything that I had read and seen, despite you know, Fulgrim being my favorite Primark. <laughs> I wasn't huge on Slanesh and like the model range that they're releasing right now has completely like 180'd me. Like they are all so freaking amazing looking. Oh, in yeah. fact, I think we're not Absolutely. done talking about them because Bryce has another Slanesh model coming up. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's the one thing I'll say, Lant, my last point, I think for me, I am way more endeared to these than the release that they had before two years ago, I think it was, whenever they released the last Slanesh book, whatever, um, because mm-hmm. it's the mortal line. I find for myself, the mortals, when it comes to all the chaos armies, are way more endearing than demons because I can relate to them more. They are people. You know, they gave in to their desires or into disease or whatever, and I I can relate to that comparatively to the demons. And that's where I'm at with these models, like just beauty. Absolutely. Like Bryce, take it away. Tell us your picks. So, uh, like Greg said, my uh, my model choice for this week is again a Slanesh model, but that's kind of going with the the new battle tome uh that's going uh i believe it's pre-order next weekend so it'll be out in two weeks something like that i don't know um i'm not sure on the dates but my pick for this one would be the myrmidesh painbringers again i just i wasn't a big fan of how uh i guess i'll just say how lewd a lot of the um you know demons of slanesh models were oh especially like the fiends with their six tits Oh yeah, with uh, with all the titties hanging out. You want to know what? That's totally fine. I just, I don't feel like I want to sit down and paint, you know, that many titties when I could be painting, you know, glorious full-bodied armor like on these Myrmidesh pain burners. If I wanted to um, paint some nice fat breasts, I would paint my Nurgle demons. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Especially the green clean ones where it's like, my milkshakes brought other boys to the yard. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, these, these, new, these new models that they're bringing out um i mean it even kind of extends over to the simbaresh 
twin soul models that are coming out as well. Just that the the heavy armor, the ornamentation, and I just I also I really like the color scheme that they chose for these. I know that'll be different when people start painting up their models, but like just as you know, kind of the canon looking or I guess the canon images for how they're supposed to look. I just really really like it again i just i've i've liked a lot of the lore for slanesh but again i was just like come on guys put on some clothing i know it totally goes against what you guys are about but like put on some armor it's cool yeah can we also (laughs) just have a nice shout out to the saving grace uh the steeds of slanesh look good now Uh, i (laughs) hated the way they looked i couldn't they looked so bad with the demonites i they looked so weird and i didn't like their gross tongue i like (laughs) the new steeds of slanesh they look a lot more like raptors they're wearing armor they're almost a little cute in some of the pictures (laughs) they kind of look like seahorses to me looking at the artwork right now that's it. They they look like seahorses. They don't look like awful. I like them. I, I I like these these soft good boys. I don't like the nightmare beasts that were the old ones that I hate and I don't like to look at. I, I love the design that they're going with. Almost kind of that mix of Arabian and I would almost say like Roman Colosseum type look with the Blissfire archers. Kind of they have almost an Arabian theme going on. But then Mirbidish uh, Painbringers almost have that kind of Roman cathedral like armored look. To it. It's such an interesting blend. It looks so good hats off to them like they did a great job here slanesh is good now everybody we did it (laughs) yeah like (laughs) oh i'm just i'm in love with this line and i i don't plan to start playing slanesh but i almost want to (laughs) see that that, i find myself saying that every single time a release comes out lately their models have been so nice yeah yes just like every time i was like i'm just sitting there i'm like hmm do i want to start a mod do i want to start can i can i turn this into a warband can i turn this into something only i only have to buy a box of these guys so you want to know i might actually think about that wait for the rules for these guys to come out for Warcry or something like that and maybe grab a box of them in the uh Warcry chaos battalion book oh really um will they already be in there they're already in it. I have it. Okay, cool. That's that's even yeah, better. Yeah, at least a couple of the heroes are, but I'm I believe the mortals are like the mortal line are all in there. The people you okay. can use. So cool. Yeah. Well, tell us about your other release. I know it's not a model thing, but it's still part of the hobby. So you know, tell us about it. Yeah. So um, my second last pick for uh, this week is it's actually one of the new books that are coming out. I haven't been able to get my hands on every single one, but whenever I can get my hands on a new Stormcast book, I, I get excited about it. I really like the stories, and the new book, uh, Storm Vault by Andy Clark, is coming out with the new pre-orders and stuff like that. Andy Clark, I was double-checking what other books he's read, because I've definitely read ones uh, by him before. Going back and checking, he actually wrote Black Talon First Mark, the one that I mentioned earlier that really got me into Stormcast. So that's really cool. And knowing that gets me a little bit more excited. But I'm also super excited because of the title Storm Vault. I don't think we've really gotten very much Storm Vault action. Um, it's something that's become come into play in the story since Soul Wars. So I definitely interested in getting my hands on this one and reading it. The second thing that gets me super excited is just the cover art Yeah. On it. The Lord Celestine looked like a complete baller, but I'm also looking at it and there's Staven in wait, the background. Wait, wait, what? Hold up. We got Nurgle. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh in the back. Look, hold up. I got to zoom in on this. You got Skaven Holy in the shit, background. they're Skaven. All yeah, right. Got... We in it, boys. Oh, yeah, yeah. You got them in the back. You got some Nerdo boys in the front. And then you got a bunch of uh, bone splitters oh, there, too. This, this looks... So I guess there's some prosecutors in the back. It's not just the lone uh, Lord Celestin. But again, this just looks really fun. And knowing the type of stuff that Sigmar has hidden in these storm vaults and the stuff that have come out of the storm vaults, because uh, actually Catacross came out of one of them, if I remember correctly. Absolutely, 100%. Oh, yeah. I think that was a battle tome, right? It wasn't that an was actual That was Forbidden Power where he got released, and then in the okay. battle tome they revealed what got released. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, again, I think this is still one of the first books to cover the storm vaults, but super exciting for me. I'm really excited in seeing what happens in this one. I kind of love how we're almost all represented there because we got the Stormcast representing oh, Greg, yeah. the Skaven representing Greg, and got the Nurgle guys there's representing ghosts. me. It's there's fantastic. ghosts. There's also ghosts. Oh, yeah, oh I my god, there's Nighthawn and... Yep. Holy crap. <laughs> this what's is the, what's great. The, uh, the Smash Ultimate logo? Everyone is here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah, the Stormcast is so baller. He's taking on all the enemy alliances. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Like, oh, this is... I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know if it's going to go well for her. I think she might have bitten off more than she could chew on this case. I, don't I guess know, we'll have man. to see the story. Like, Yeah. Oh, well, we'll have to cover it in this because I'm excited yeah, to read I it. Think, I think we'll... You want to now that... I, sorry, I got to double check something because I'm trying to remember the name of the armor paint job on it. Yeah, the, that character is actually a Celestial Vindicator from the looks of it. So... Okay. I'm even more interested in this now because I haven't read... I mean, I'm still reading through the Realm Gate Wars and stuff like that. So I'm interested in seeing if this character is actually from the Realm Gate Wars or if they're a newer uh, Lord Celestin. So that's definitely something that piques my interest as well. Oh, now I'm kind of like excited for this. And oh, too many books to read, my friend. Too many books to read. Yeah, <laughs> now that absolutely. there's Skaven involved, I'll actually read the book. Like... <laughs> Dude, you would be surprised at just how many books they crawl, they claw themselves. <laughs> Didn't into. think this was a Skaven book. So but many books have. Yeah, skin. they're kind of like <laughs> they're definitely one of the bad guys they push for Age of Sigmar a lot, and it might just be because they're especially oh, with yeah. things like Vermintide, like that are a very accessible game to to people that are outside of the fandom that don't really like like role playing games. Like they're just very like easy for people to know about. That's kind of why I think Nurgle is so popular as well. Because he exists in a lot of properties that exist like outside of 40k, mm -hmm. or for not 40k, like strategy 40k, I guess would be the best way to put it. Yeah, 100. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that uh, brings us everything that we were planning to talk about. Anything you guys want to uh, add? I don't. I don't think so. No. Uh, uh, I mean, the, there's a couple other books going on. I don't know what's going on with the little uh, Warhammer Adventures Plague of Nurglings, but that looks cute. Just wanted to note that. <laughs> I almost want to read oh, it just because the like, kid books. I, I've heard some very interesting things about those that suggest they may not entirely be children's books. Yeah. Anyways, so. that was just just a note. Cute little cute little <laughs> cute little name. Technically not Age of Sigmar, but mm -hmm. is coming out soon, so I figured it'd be fine for Hobby Watch. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think that brings us to the end of this. Like thank you guys mm -hmm. for joining me and I am looking forward to covering more of the wonderful Age of Sigmar. Yeah, well, yeah, no, this has been a really fun time, and I look forward to getting to know more. Uh, is it cool if I plug my TikTok here? Uh, yeah, yeah so for those of you who don't know, I have a Warhammer TikTok. Um, it is at Gregory Benoit. 
Uh, I'm my, the picture is of a possum. If you found that, it is me, a little possum in a scarf. <laughs> Mr. Skaven. Not the same thing. Skaven's a rat. <laughs> they're they're getting close, but yeah. Oh no, I was gonna say that my initially I wanted to paint my Skaven as possums, but it was just beyond my skill set at the time. Yeah, and uh, for me, I uh, I love fun doing this. I guess to the people that do listen to this. Please try and remember that this was our first one, if you've listened this far. If Please be kind you, with your reviews. Absolutely. If you if you have a means of uh, giving us feedback on what you liked, what you think we should change. Um, like I said, it's our first one, and we totally want the input so that we can make this something that people enjoy listening to. It's not just for us to put our voices out there into the internet. We want to entertain people. We want to educate people and stuff like that. And if we can get even one person to, you know, try out a new army or, you know, pick up a book or something like that, I think that we've done, we, we've worked towards the goal that we want to do. My goal of this, I just want to talk about Age of Sigmar with some friends, like-minded people, and I want to teach people more about Age of Sigmar because I think the lore of Age of Sigmar, partially because it's such a young game, but you know, it's just so forgotten or just people don't realize it is. Think of the game that, and they you know might be a little bit terrified to get into it. In the end, there's not much in the way of lore out there, and which means there isn't all that many perspectives on it. And some of the things can be interpreted differently. So I wanted to, you know, throw our own perspectives. In fact, there's three of us. We might have three different interpretations of things. Mm-hmm. In the end, we're teaching more people, teaching them this, and if they want to pick up a book because, like, you know what? I heard the summary. That sounds awesome, and actually want to get more into it. Awesome. And they say, you know what? Let's check out this hobby. If they weren't already in the hobby, fantastic. Because the hobby is fantastic. The community is great. I just want to see more people playing Age of Sigmar because it's just such a great game. Mm, absolutely. Perfect. Well, thank you everyone for listening. By listening to us, you are now Realm Walkers. Joining us as we well, hold up, I didn't realize that we were handing out those <laughs> things. But that was part of the premium package, apparently. <laughs> just giving it away. We'll we'll figure that out. We'll figure that out. All Don't right. worry about it. All right, yeah. <laughs> and all my my thought out ending I had ruined just yeah, like I'm that. I'm pretty good at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a good one. All right, let me, let me try that again. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Of course, just like escaping to get in the way. <laughs> <laughs> Ruining grand plans. Thank you, everyone, for listening. By listening to us, you have become Realm Walkers, joining us in our journey across the mortal realms. We wish you a great week. Stay safe and enjoy rolling dice. See you later. Bye. Bye. Have a good one.